So up next on the You Ain't Enough Yet podcast, I have a band that has been played on the likes of RT2XM, have played all across Northern Ireland from the Union Bar to McHugh's, and have a sound that very much lives in the now with just the right amount of 90s nostalgia. It's foreign mornings. Lads, how are you? Great. Very good, <laughs> thank you. How are you? I'm good. I mean, it's it's very, it is very autumnal outside, but I'm still roasting. You know, I'm very warm-blooded, so I'm just <laughs> constantly warm, uh, three, six, five days of the year, but... We'll just get stuck straight in. For anybody that's listening, introduce yourselves. Who are you? What do you do? Uh, well, we're foreign mornings as a whole, I suppose. I'm Michael. I play guitar and sing in the band. Uh, I'm Reese, and I'm one of our many lead guitar players. <laughs> I'm back and vocalist. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. And I suppose, where did this start? Where did the band... Well, maybe not even the band itself and how you got to the name, but... How did you guys come together? Was it like a foreign holiday and you were all sitting around having coffee really hungover? <laughs> and we're like, you know what we should call ourselves? We should do this and we should form a band. I wish. Yeah, that's a much better story <laughs> than the actual story is. Um, no, it started like like a, like really started years ago, I guess, while I was still in school. with just like jamming and stuff with people. Mm-hmm. And we just, people faded in and out over the years. And me and Reese met in college. Four five years ago, yeah, um, 2019, yeah. And Reese is like, I want to be in a band. And I was like, oh. <laughs> our current guitarist is going away, so hop aboard, let's do this. And then we just kind of went from there. Uh, that was kind of the official start of us, I suppose. Waited till after COVID and then started gigging, and that's it. Fantastic. And how many of you are all collectively? Uh, we're five, five. piece, yes. I had the so, with that, <laughs> <laughs> but that's quite a lot of people trying all to be you know collectively collaborative if you understand yeah. how does that work it took a while um so ben was our original lead guitarist and he went off to uni in newcastle and he was there for a couple of years which is when race replaced him and then ben came back and i don't know if he had the intention of like rejoining the band or what but we we're like we like you ben come on come back <laughs> come for the crap at least <laughs> and yeah, like, well, yeah, like, yeah. now we have three guitars we gotta kind of figure this whole thing out mm. i remember a month last summer or yeah it was literally just me michael and ben and we're like okay these are the guitar parts we have let's mm-hmm. try and figure this out before you come back to like full band practice because we still have to practice for gigs that we have uh-huh. um so it was weird i knew the songs two different ways because <laughs> i was still playing the gigs that we had that we were booked for and uh-huh. i was trying to figure out how i'm going to play this with another guitar player mm-hmm. and it worked out pretty well yeah. but i think because of that like it's weird we have like these weird little boxes that we kind of put yeah, everyone looks their their part and we just we, stick can, them. we can just write without mm-hmm. each other then we can just come back and we, we, we have an idea of what, what everybody would kind of do on the song at least for this album anyway and that worked does everybody write? Is the writing process and trying to, you know, I can understand that you know, somebody comes up with a riff or somebody can bring a song and then they can work the music in after or, you know, you can bring a song that somebody thinks is finished and then you can add in a line here and take out a line there. How do you sort of work that out? Um, I think the general kind of process with the majority of songs anyway is I would write the like chords and maybe like a bit of melody or whatever mm-hmm. and then bring it into everyone and everyone piles in their own kind of like influences and stuff onto it. Um, although there's been songs like Reese wrote somewhere on the album, he kind of just came with a, a finished product and was like, yeah, just this is kind of my vision for this. If you write some lyrics, this is this is done. 
And okay. like it was good, so everyone was fine with that. Probably does. And for anybody that hasn't listened to you, anybody who doesn't know you, who hasn't seen you out gigging, what or how would you describe your sound? Uh, I always compare us to like Foo Fighters, I guess, is the like the big influence for mm-hmm. me anyway. Great um, band. Yeah, it's just big alt rock, mm. stadium rock guitars, drums. Have you ever seen them live? You hardly were at Slain a few years ago by any chance, mm. were you? No, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> but I did. Uh, we both saw them actually at um, Ormo. Yeah, no, uh, or not Ormo. Yeah, what you call it? Butcher. Butcher. Yeah, for Vital. Oh, okay, fantastic, fantastic. They were great. That was a good show. And I do hear you say Foo Fighters. Is there anybody else? I do feel so. There's parts of me that are parts of you know music that brings me back to you know nineties or even like sort of Nirvana there as well. Is there anybody else that sort of? seeps in or is there is anybody even modern that seeps in or anybody across northern ireland or the island of ireland because there is a song that will come on to later where i can hear another very another northern irish artist or somebody from here anyway and very sort of similar in the, in the way in the way the song is portrayed and sung do you have any other would we be talking about snow patrol <laughs> <laughs> i i wasn't actually talking about snow patrol right. i'm totally honest i'm really not Normally, a guy um, called Joel Harkin. He's from Derry, and oh, um, I know yeah, he's a lovely fella. And um, there was, there's a, you know, I interviewed him a while, long time ago, but I would chat to him the odd time and listen to whatever he has coming out, and I could hear similarities. And I wonder, I was wondering myself, is that quintessentially something from here, from Northern Ireland, from these six counties? And does does that actually just being from here? Because we have a very unique perspective, right? We are Irish and we're British and we're Northern Irish and we're part of an island, but we're not part of an island, but we're part of a customs union, but we're not, you know, <laughs> we don't know what we are half the time. And some people want to be one thing, some people want to be the other, and some want to be everything outside in between. Does any of that have any influence or even relevance into the band or into the music at all? Maybe it does, yeah. I guess, like, without thinking so, about it. Yeah, when, when I'm writing songs, I don't like to do... I don't like it to be about one specific thing. It's kind of mm. like a whole like bunch of things sort of all coming into one thing. So you can draw from it whatever you will, which is maybe part of the, the chaos of here sort of just leads into that, I guess. I don't know. Fair. I was listening to an interview last night with another musician and they were saying that there's so much societal things to talk about now that, you know, artists, bands, writers, painters, whoever has some creative bone in their body are coming with things from all different perspectives and angles. Is there ever a time where you're like, fuck, what do I write about now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we've been at it for long enough to, to have come to that problem yeah. yet. Okay. I mean, there's only okay. so much sadness we can write about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there's a world of sadness out there. <laughs> um, Never run out of that. <laughs> well, can you just remember your first gig, say, even just the two of you playing together? How did that feel? Was there a connection with a crowd? Um, what what was that atmosphere like? Um, First time we played together was in a Foo Fighters tribute band. Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah. We went to we went to college together, and there was this like um, I don't know what the, like the point of the day was, but like people just got up and played songs, sort of thing. And me, oh, Mike, a of others. <laughs> it, it, it was like an open mic night, which is for like students, I guess, and it was like bands. Fair. But me and a few others, including Race, put together this little, like Foo Fighters tribute band and. We played. It was called the Meaty Mushrooms. I don't know where that came from, but I, I, I remember where it came from. Um... I love it. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, we we played a few few fighter songs to a room of people who just sat in their seats and they didn't want to like... be there. We didn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough introduction to the game, but it, it was fun. 
Fair enough. Okay. And in terms of... Probably not the answer you expected. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't. <laughs> but I like it. It was different. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I want to discuss your first or your debut single, uh, which was Dreams. It was off the EP, Spring Hill Avenue. Now, I'm not going to ask you to reveal your address because Springfield Avenue might have <laughs> some new personal connections with, with, with people or the name. But there's a line in it, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Always knew right from wrong, but never knew how to stick with things too long. A catchy line or a deeper insight into a condition, perhaps, or some type of societal reflection beamed across. <laughs> or is it just this was a deadly line and we're like, oh, this rhymes and fine. <laughs> no, I remember at the time, I think when I had written that, it was maybe my last year of school and I had like no idea what I was mm. doing or what was going on. And it was just kind of a bit of like, there's so many things that I want to do and so much I want to try, but mm. I don't know how to stick with it, I guess. I'm just impatient. Yeah, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've talked about how working creatively happens and all the rest. And you mentioned at the very start there about the pandemic. Did you just do anything over the pandemic? And I don't want to, it's it like, it's still, obviously, of course, some people are still affected by COVID and we will be for a very long time, but I don't want to really dwell on that. And I don't really want to ask, you know, I don't really want to bring anything that particular time up because I think it was a shitty time for most people. Most people anyway didn't really enjoy it. Did you just work together as a band over that time? Was the things just pick up just after COVID? How did you just work that? What was the situation? The very first summer of COVID, mm-hmm. um, we recorded our EP when things kind of loosened up a bit. We're up in Manor Park Studios. And I think that was pretty much all we did. Like we kind of had the songs before COVID came around. And then we recorded that EP and things were kind of easing up. And we're like, okay, this will be good. We'll release this. And then Mm. like, we'll take next year as it comes. And then COVID sort of came back with a vengeance that winter. And the whole thing was just kind of ruined, I guess. And then we, I don't know what we did that following year. I, I, I genuinely have no idea. I don't <laughs> think we did much. You were recording your covers over COVID yeah. to stay sane. I got really good at Call of Duty. <laughs> I love it. Was it? Was it, was it, just, it, was, it was a thing that happened mm. for too long, and I don't know what happened. It was good for writing and like playing and stuff, but in terms of like the band, it was really a. It was difficult. Yeah, we didn't do much. Yeah. I think we well, played two gigs before like the next lockdown came in and yeah. that cancelled gigs and then we were just waiting. Yeah. Well, music crazy. and the band to one side, what's your highest score in Nazi Zombies? What round have you got to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just love that. I, I don't know what the highest I've got to though, so it wasn't very good. <laughs> I'm ashamed to say I only have three Warzone wins. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Well, we'll not hold it against you. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, You've released Sleepwalking in 2022. Yes. To me, it's about... A relationship but is it about or some type of feelings but is it about is it about sleepwalking in that relationship or have I completely missed that Do you know because the sleepwalking feeling is almost being awake and being alive and being present but not all there or really not all there yeah I think that kind of sums it up to be honest is like relationships and it was a song that was born during COVID as well so it's about like separation and mm. like you're kind of like you can be with someone but you're not actually physically with them it's mm-hmm. like sleepwalking you're walking through somewhere but like yeah. your mind isn't or maybe i don't know why sleepwalking works but okay yeah i don't that probably made no sense whatsoever but... no no i i i i get it somewhat would you <laughs> use writing so question in terms of your writing primarily or if you're playing as well and to both of you is i think a lot of people who have like any creative flair 
and or can, and can output something, whether it be music or painting or whatever the hell it is, writing perhaps, um, <clears throat> is a way to sort of release and de-stress or get some of the clutter out. And whether that's writing music or whether that's writing lyrics, do you feel that way at all? Yeah. I yeah, I'd 100% so. agree. I'm like terrible at articulating myself most of the time. So writing's a nice way to just like say what you think and you can actually think about it a bit more instead of just like word vomiting right? yeah. fair enough and Reese, what about you is that a feeling that you get you know if you're even even if you're just playing do you know what i mean even if you're just chilling in your room and you're just you know you're, you're playing your favorites you know tunes is it a way to declutter the mind yeah absolutely um i don't really get to play the guitar that often just because work and so on um, and when i do it's i had to sort of reteach myself about two years ago how to play guitar because of an right. injury in my arm so it became like mindfulness when playing it's like trying to play softer and you know trying to be really conscious of what i was playing so it's become mm-hmm. really relaxing for me to play the guitar and like my technique now is way beyond what it ever was and I probably wouldn't have got there if I hadn't injured myself <laughs> so it's when I get to just sit down and play the guitar it's really really relaxing for me and I um, suppose you sort of lose yourself in it a little bit you, like, you don't know where time goes yeah I, I love learning like live versions of songs so then I can put like put a all my life or something on and just get into it like I'm one yeah. of them <laughs> um, which I just love to do um it, it's not just about playing as much as it is also about performing the songs that you're playing um, so I really just enjoy just getting in my own little world doing it. but in terms of writing music I'd be sad <laughs> you know what Bob Dylan's made I don't know how long what age Bob is at the moment but he's made a complete career out of writing sad music do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's done he's done not too bad you know <laughs> Um, you've released the new album and I apologies my apologies that I haven't had you on earlier between delays and me even sick and a whole pile of other crap <laughs> Tell me, and for anybody listening, what is the album called? What and where did it come from? Before we sort of get into some of the tunes that I want to pick out from it. The album is called 4AM, which sort of the name came from a joke that we started. Um, The first few gigs we played, we'd like some guys come up and ask, what's your name? Um, And we'd be like, four in the mornings. And he'd be like, sweet, four in the morning. Right. And I'd be like, nope, four in the mornings. And he'd be like, Oh, okay, and change it. And then we came to naming the album. We were like, well, people always do the debut album as named after themselves. Yes. Well, not always, but a lot of the time. Yeah, but mo- the majority of the time, yeah, it's, you know, self titled And we were like, well, we do that, but change it to 4 in the morning. I love and that. We're like, I we'll love that. Go 4 a.m. Not quite as on the nose, but I don't know if many people have figured that out or not. No one's ever mentioned yeah. it to us, but. But we thought if, if it's the album is four in the morning, if anybody hears the name and doesn't get it right, they're going to find it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> if they think we're called four in the morning, they're going to find the album. But then, like, Michael didn't want to be two on the news, so 4 a.m. come out of it, which is probably the worst time to be awake. <laughs> yeah. as well. yeah. um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's just one big cursed kind of <laughs> group. <laughs> uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I have to say, I did not know that. And I think that is fucking deadly. I think that is actually <laughs> class. Oh, I love it. And, and the, the playfulness of it is, is really, really good as well. And is it, it's the lead, the lead song. Well, it, it's the first song on the album, correct? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Is, yeah. Mm. So before I asked you your favorites and all such things, 
I would say my favourite is probably The Life You Laid, um, which comes towards the latter part of the album. And I hear like influences of, do you know the, do you know the tune by, is it Mechanical Clouds? It's called Downtown. You know that song? I'll, 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 I'll link it to you. It's, it's, it's a, lo- <laughs> I think it's a lovely song. Uh, and there's similarities there as well. I mentioned we we're chatting about Joel Harkin, um, another artist from Northern Ireland as well. Where did the track come from? Um, that was a, like a, just a, a random afternoon kind of song that I didn't really have any intention of, of writing anything. It just, I was just noodling about and just mm. came up with that. Um, although like in terms of what it's about, it's definitely like, like decisions you make in your life that lead you down certain paths and there's there's no going back once you've done something mm. which is always something i think about yeah i don't know why that's just something that is always going on my head like you do this it's sending you this way there's no there's no going back on it somebody once told me and i try to you know tell people this as well no it's it's based on a rap song that i can't remember the artist or i can't remember <laughs> the name of the song but the premise of it is is that if you're driving a car, there's a reason why the windscreen's massive and that tiny little mirror just above your head is so small because you're not meant to look back, you're meant to look forward, you know? So, because I, I am very much as well turn stuff over. Maybe that's why the song resonated with me. Maybe that's why I enjoy it because I'm always like, oh, if I had made this decision, things would have been different or things could have been better. Things could be worse. I could have, you know, so I completely understand that. But yes, a, a lovely, lovely track. And I will link you to the song after we finish chatting here. That's all I'm talking about. <laughs> Another track that I enjoyed was 19. Uh, stripped back at the start and then like a greyhound out of the traps. It sort of just goes from vroom, and it, you know, it leaps back in. What was there meaning behind it? Where was the thought process behind that? Um, well, I started writing that. Mm. I don't know when I started writing that, but that song was floating about for a couple of years yeah, at that's least. A, that's an old one. And eventually I was just like, I just, I was never what I wanted it to be. I was making demos and stuff and I just gave it to Reese and was like, but this is yours to finish. I have no idea what to do. Where this is going yeah. or what's happening. I went crazy on <laughs> all the guitar parts and like MIDI strings and xylophone and <laughs> all sorts. And it's maybe a bit messy in places, but it was very close to the structure at least mm-hmm. uh, that it became. And when we had that and we had the original idea, I was kind of um, working that. It was nice to just strip it all the way back, like not even like a lot of reverb on the vocals. It was sort of really right up close, intimate was kind of the vibe. And then it's like, boom, you're in. So everything is faster and harder and louder. And um, I guess we played the song live a few times. Yeah. And at that part of the song, when the band comes in, because we're still a five piece band, we have to do that. Uh, yes, include yeah. everybody. <laughs> uh, like everybody loved when the song kicked in. Mm. I remember we maybe played it twice. Circle Pit started one time. <laughs> that was weird. And then coming to the album, it was like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of keep do it. this wee bit like the live version. Mm. Try and keep some of that energy in there. And that was a hard one to mix. <laughs> do you have a favourite, individually or together, song yourselves off the new album? I think Happy Birthday is probably my oh, favourite. It's just the most like bounces along like <laughs> yeah happy birthday let's go home let's go home it's good too and with let's go home any particular reason it's just so fun to play like i think it's collectively like everyone in the band's favorite song to play live yeah, well, it's our sound check because we always play better 
after us by the end so we're thinking you know what why don't we just sound check this and just start the night off right yeah. good i like it especially getting the balance between all the guitars um you, there's always something that you need to hear and that's all so you, know, you got it right it's gonna be a good night fair play and you know before we sort of you know i i say goodbye to you and you know we jump into sort of the quick fire round the sort of less sort of serious questions of me trying to you know get inside your brain you've played um live you've supported people and also festivals as well um what about festivals talk to me about those um even if even if not playing your experience of them or playing at a festival and and how that maybe differentiates from playing in maybe a small intimate gig or like a battle of the bands for toxic festivals it feels a lot more like it feels less serious for some reason when you're going yeah. on stage. I don't know what it is about it. There's but... fifteen thousand drunk people in the field. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> There's that to contend with. Yeah, we were up at um Bella Drum in Inverness, like it was at the end of July or something. And uh-huh. I think that was the least nervous I've ever been going out and playing a gig for whatever reason it was. It's probably like one of the biggest gigs we've ever played as well. Like it was a huge crowd and mm. And I was just chilled out, and it was lovely. It was just chaos. Yeah, I, you and know, Stendhal was my favorite. See, because I've I've done Stendhal before. Now I've never gigged at it, never done any stand up, or never spoken at it. But I I have been there as a punter and loved it. I think it's a deadly festival. It's quite it intimate. So what was the reason for for liking Limavady and Derry? Because there might be only a few people, only even from Limavady. <laughs> you know, we have only gone. <laughs> Well, we got to go for the first time last year. We we'd never neither of us have ever been uh, to the festival. Uh-huh. Um, we went up for the full three days, not knowing what to expect, and just love the vibe at Standout. You know, mm. It's, I think it's because it is also sort of like a family kind yep. of thing. It, it's just it feels so relaxed, and mm. it was not what I was expecting the festival to be like. Um, it was a good sort of breaking into festivals, and I just loved the woody woodland. I just thought it was so cool seeing <laughs> all these trees and cardigans. <laughs> and I remember saying to Michael, I was like, I would love to play here. This is uh-huh. all right. Yeah, I would love to play the Ulster Hall, but I also like, I really want to play the Bully Woodland. And then we got to play it this year. Yeah. And it was just still kind of drunk from the night before with pigtails in and a big like traffic cone hat. Like, looking Lake. out at all of these like woodly trees and just playing the set, thinking, wow, this is mm. probably the coolest stage I'll ever be on. <laughs> but it was just so fun. Do you know a lot of people, when they have a passion, whether it be, you know, music or, or say, acting, for talk's sake, and, you know, you think to yourself, you know, fuck, I'd love to play. Or you think to yourself, you know, I'd really love to play on that stage. I'd really love to work with this particular person or work alongside them. And, you know, Stand Hall isn't, it's not Glastonbury, it's not Wembley, it's not the Ulster Hall, but it's a deadly festival. And <laughs> it's, 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 and yet another milestone on the journey of the band. So how did that feel to actually just like achieve that? You know, because a lot of people don't get to achieve the goals that they set themselves. A lot of people actually don't put the the work or the time in and actually say, you know what, frig this, I'm I'm not, I couldn't be bothered because you know it'll never happen. It feels good. It's definitely something you have to kind of stop and think about every once mm. in a while because it's very easy to just get caught up in the whole excitement of it all, and then yeah. it all just flies by, and then you're like, oh. Well. We did yeah, that. That, that <laughs> moment is so. It really fast. does. It comes and goes, and you just gotta really take it in and be like, "We're doing this." And two years ago, we were 
writing songs in a, a bedroom and there was a global pandemic and <laughs> we're here. It's it's cool. Hobby days, hobby days. Well, that's that's the majority of the serious questions over. You can take breath, <laughs> that's you know what I mean. Um, I want to ask, I ask the same questions to everybody that comes on. These are a quick fire round. Nobody ever answers quick fire, so there's no panic to answer incredibly quick fire. <laughs> but the first question is, if you were a drink, alcohol, or otherwise, what would it be? People say, I'm like a pint of Guinness because Americans and pretty much the general public pretend to like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I haven't got a, haven't got a, uh, you know, a Spotify deal yet for the podcast. You know what I mean? <laughs> the BBC or RTE aren't knocking on the door saying an email is not going to be like so. <laughs> you know, so. What what would you say individually, or even the band in total, would be as a drink, or both? Um, individually, I'd maybe go like orange juice or something because <laughs> I like the mornings. Fair, I like it. I like it. I mean, it's corny. It's really fucking it is corny. corny. It's but it's, but I do like it. I like it. I like it. I don't know why the first thing that came to my head was like a double vodka VK. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, because you're just a mad rocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Good, good. I love it. I love it. I love it. Right. You have a superpower. What would it be and what would you do with it? I would love to have telekinetic abilities. Definitely. I mean, you don't have to get up. You just like, want to drink. You're just like, you're just like, you're just <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I'd probably go for something just like boring that everyone goes for, like flying or something. Like, yeah. I don't think you can beat flying. Well, you can't. Teleporting. Tele- yeah, but then you don't get to. Just like you don't get the wind in your hair. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get the thrill. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. So you have just done a headline gig somewhere. You went on the absolute rip that night in celebration. You've <laughs> went to the afters. You're in somebody's house. You wake up lying on the sofa. You're dying. You're thinking to yourself, "Please, world, eat me up now." What is your or go-to hangover food and or drink? Now, it could be taken then at that time or it could be taken at 9 o'clock that night when you've been starving yourself all day because you know we had a food. Hit your <laughs> stomach, it's coming straight back up again. Mine, which I can't remember when I discovered, but watermelon is the perfect, <laughs> like, because it's like nice for sweetness and then it's so much liquid when you buy into it as well. Yeah. It's perfect. I highly recommend it. <laughs> I've never seen anybody go to the shop. You know, some people go look and see it sport or a can of like diets, coke or something, and you're just lugging watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> I go for like the pre-sliced ones. You know, oh. for the effort of chopping it. But... Fair enough. Fair enough. What about you, Reese? That's experience. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah, experience. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like, look at the sport and a, a pizza or something. Mm. Yeah, you know, just something really cheesy. <laughs> Yeah, it's the old faithful. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it really is. <laughs> uh, or I will just lie in bed and purge with a bunch of painkillers and watch James May. Also, like a brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> I, I mean, I can do that as well. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> the next time you're doing that, please ring me. We we'll we have to face to each other. We don't need to be in the same room. Do you know what I mean? We'll just sit um, and suffer together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you can go on a date with anybody living or dead. Who would it be and what would you do? I'd probably pick like I just pick Dave Grohl and just pick his brain about everything. Fair enough. He seems to be a really lovely guy. <laughs> so I've heard. I was thinking Sabrina Carpenter. So we're, we're, we're on two oh, different so, levels. Good <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Both so, like yours, definitely. Yeah. And what would you and Sabrina do? Keep it clean. This is a family show. <laughs> um, Just say dinner. Have dinner. Fair enough. Okay. Does so, she watch this? 
<laughs> we're big buds actually she listens to all my she listens to all the stuff I put out <laughs> um, so final question in front of me I have a magic ball I can put you on any stage anywhere in the world at any time where would it be and what would it be would it be again would it be playing say Croke Park would it be playing Wembley would it be playing you know, Madison Square Garden, or would we be playing in a real intimate, you know, gig, perhaps somewhere like McHugh's Basement, or would it be somewhere a little bit bigger, like the Ulster Hall, which is a real big thing for anybody, I think, from from here, um, or maybe we'll be down your local, or maybe we'll just playing to your friends and family in a random marquee somewhere. Ulster Hall would be a very cool one mm. from here. That's definitely like a a big like bucket list thing at some yeah, point. Yeah. But in terms of like the grand scheme of everything, Willie Wembley, yeah. Uh, yeah. like everyone, probably, everyone probably says Wembley's there. Yeah, it's, but yeah, it's 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 a big place. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's yeah. <laughs> fair play. Well, look before uh, we say goodbye, tell everybody's listening who you are, where they can find you, where's the upcoming gigs, uh, where they can get the new album, all the socials, all the usual crack, the shameless publicity that we all must do. <laughs> so we're foreign warnings. You can find us on pretty much any social media that you decide you would like to find us on. Um, we're everywhere. Um, album <laughs> is just like, you can get it on Bandcamp as a little physical if you fancy or stream it on Spotify, whatever. Jens, thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. 